unpredictable, very resourceful, a master chef, a wisecracking know-it-all, always improving himself. He is Caleb Clifford Jennings Betterton. This is Caleb Stink. All right, guys. Welcome to another episode of Caleb's Take. Today is going to be a little more laid back than usual. Um, we have Easter coming up, and I love Easter, actually. It's probably one of my favorite holidays. And it hasn't always been one of my favorite holidays, but recently, the past few years, it's become one of my favorite holidays. One of the reasons being, of course, at our church, we do a huge Easter drama, um, which is the city. It's really awesome to be a part of. But just Easter as a whole is just a beautiful holiday to celebrate. And I know some people aren't big on holidays, period. That's their opinion. They can do what they want to do. But for me, Easter as a holiday is just a wonderful time to, when you break it down to what it's really about and the what Calvary is and how Calvary's led to our salvation is the reason we are saved. The reason we have a relationship with God today, the reason we have the Holy Ghost today is all because of Calvary. And we celebrate Jesus's death and resurrection on Easter. And it's a beautiful thing. And I absolutely love Easter. So this weekend, don't forget why we celebrate Easter. Take some time to think about, to contemplate the meaning of Easter because it's a beautiful thing. It's an important thing to think about. It's an important thing to focus on. Um, but that's my high horse for today. Well, one of many high horses I'm going to talk about today. But remember to just sit back, take some time during your be busy Easter Sunday and just relax and think about and contemplate the meaning of Easter. Uh, we do a lot at Christmas time too. You know, there's the cliche, remember the reason for the season. And at Easter, we don't do that as often. We don't say, remember why Easter is important because the world has culturally taken Easter a different direction with the Easter bunny and eggs. And I don't have a problem with any of that. You can do what you want to do. I, I love getting an Easter basket and eating Reese's, the little Reese's eggs. I love those. So if you want to send me some of those, I will appreciate that and I'll eat them gladly. But we also got to remember why Easter is celebrated. And we can't forget that and the power and the the amazing thing that is Easter. And without Easter, we wouldn't celebrate Christmas. And so Easter is a wonderful thing, a beautiful thing, and a powerful thing. So take some time to think about why Easter matters and how Calvary has affected human history, has affected everything, including your life. So remember to celebrate Easter. I want to continue on here with something I have a problem with. And recently I read an article, and actually I've seen quite a few of these articles. This is not something new, but you know, you see these articles that world's ugliest dog is adopted, you know, dog abandoned in shelter, or cat, ugly cat left in shelter, finally adopted, you know, went viral, now it's adopted. I see a lot of these news stories. And um, to be honest with you, while I think that's great, you know, why aren't we doing this same campaign 
the same strategy um, when it comes to kids. Like we don't see many news stories of, you know, kid, ugliest kid adoption house finally adopted, you know, goes viral is not adopted. And we don't do that to kids. You know, we don't talk about how ugly kids are then while they're adopted and how we still don't celebrate ugly kids being adopted. But yet when it comes to a dog, we publicly shame these animals by one saying they're ugly when I don't believe any living creature is ugly personally. Um, but because if we, if we did it for a child, if someone said ugliest child at the adoption house gets adopted, people would throw a fit. Can you imagine the headlines of the insensitivity of the person writing the article? But when it comes to an animal and calling animals ugly and then celebrating the fact they're adopted, even though they're ugly, I mean, I think that says a lot because in society today, we're very big on, you know, acceptance and making sure everyone doesn't feel embarrassed or excluded, no matter their size, their weight, their their facial structure, if they're ugly or not. There's no such thing as ugly, right? We, we talk about that in society. It's very much big, promoted in society that we should be inclusive and not make fun of people's, the way people look. There's no such thing as ugly. But yet when it comes to animals... There seems to be a double standard there. And I personally, and our sponsor today has an issue with it. Um, today we're sponsored by PETA. So shout out to them. Thank you for sponsoring us, PETA. And we are here to make a very big, big statement here. Quit labeling animals as ugly. No animal is ugly. No dog no cat, no guinea pig, no rat is ugly. They're all beautiful creatures, beautiful living creatures, which may or may not have souls. Um, and by you sensationalizing with your newspaper a dog who was quote-unquote ugly being adopted as a celebratory thing, the problem isn't him being adopted. He should be adopted. The issue is with the word ugly. Stereotyped and placed on a dog, on an animal, because of the beauty standards we've placed on animals that are unnecessary. We have, you know, we think a big deal about beauty shows and beauty pageants in today's society, but the issue is not in beauty pageants, not in these, not in beauty pageants or people, but in these dog shows, which are shaming other shapes and sizes of dogs who may not fit the quote unquote beauty standard of what a good, a beautiful dog looks like. The standard is messed up. The standard is socialized by dog food companies and dog shampoo companies and other big pharmacy and dog product companies, whatever you call that. I don't know. I'm not an expert. I'm just an expert in what I'm saying right now because what I say is true and you should listen to 100% what I'm saying right now and our sponsor PETA today. Because when you sensationalize and quote unquote set a standard for what beauty looks like in an animal, it is an issue. And it is a disgusting thing. It is an embarrassing thing. And we got to destigmatize the word ugly when it comes to dogs. We got to stop the dog shows. We got to stop the, there's no cat shows. I don't know if there's cat shows. If there's cat shows, let me know. We're not going to place one animal above another animal. They're all equal. All right. So if there's cat shows, let me know. I apologize if I offended any of the cat community. Um, but we got to reimagine redefine what beauty is 
in an animal. All right? It's not what the Westminster Dog Show says it is. That's elitist, and it's just a way to make money. It's a scam. True beauty comes from within. And the beauty of a dog, of an animal, even if their teeth are rotten, their hair is mangy, and they're 600 pounds, that dog, that animal, is still beautiful. And you stereotyping and pushing and pushing beauty standards that are outdated and ancient on these animals is absolutely disgusting and appalling. And so me and my sponsor, Peter Day, are coming after you, are saying destigmatize the beauty standards placed on these animals. All dogs are beautiful. All animals are beautiful, no matter what they look like, no matter how overweight they are, no matter if they have teeth or not, no matter if they got hit by a truck, it doesn't matter. Because true beauty comes from within, and we have to embrace that beauty. And no dog should be judged by its beauty standard. And if it's having trouble being adopted by the way it looks, that's not the dog's problem. The dog is beautiful. That is your problem. And we should not put on posters and celebrate an ugly dog being adopted. We should celebrate all dogs being adopted and not based on what they look like. Again, today's sponsor is PETA. Thank you, PETA, for sponsoring today's show. And um, we'll hopefully help change some things and grow some things. But thank you, PETA. We appreciate the sponsorship by PETA. And um, now back to our regularly scheduled uh, program. Anyway, guys, today I um, I actually ran for the first time in a very long time, probably since the half marathon. I ran once a few times after that, but nothing really strenuous with a few like 15 minute runs kind of jogs nothing big deal probably because i like to run outside i hate running on the treadmill i don't know what it is but running on the treadmill is so boring it's so boring i'd rather run outside on a path and it's been cold and i don't want to run the cold because i'm an american who's lazy and doesn't care and wants to be comfortable but today it was a beautiful day and i've been i've been really feeling the urge the need to run um for multiple reasons i know of course health is an issue i'm not unhealthy but i'm not healthy either and i know i've needed to probably pick up my uh, cardiovascular activity i just haven't done it yet so i've been trying to figure out time to do it today was the day and i said i was going to do a, like a light 5k so not run too hard but just do a 5k which is like three point something miles um and so i start to run on my nike run app get it going and i'm just going to get pace and i feel good i actually felt pretty good for the first half of the 5k and then things started getting really, really hard and really, really rough. And I did walk a couple times, but overall I did finish strong and it felt good. It felt good to finish something and to push myself because it was definitely a push for me to keep it going. I had to work to just run a 5K, and, you know, a few months ago, about six months ago or so, however long it was, I, you know, ran a half marathon, but I just hadn't run a while and I'd lost kind of my my, you know, stamina, I lost some stuff from not running for a while. And that's the thing, of course, in life too. When you don't do something for a while, you kind of, it takes something to pit back up. But you also know you can do it now because you've done it before. And there's a lot of people out there who promote 
who promote doing hard things. And I'm definitely a believer in that, doing hard things. And I'm not going to go into the science and the different philosophies. There's a lot of good podcasts and writers out there who've done the research on it and can give you better data and give you better um, philosophical, philosoph- I can't talk, philosophical thoughts on doing hard things. But for me, just in my personal life, in this personal example, it's just amazing what pushing yourself will do. Because today, I ran today, like I said, and after the run today, it really helped me just keep going. And I ran at an interesting time. I was thinking about this. I ran around 2.30 or so, which for me is usually kind of my like down spot during the day. I don't know if you have this where like you hit a point during the day where you're just kind of drowsy, you're kind of lethargic and just kind of not really able to move or do much. And for me, that's usually around that 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock time range. And after that, I kind of get more energy before that I'm doing okay. But I hit that spot and it's like my productivity goes super far down. Like I just go straight to a nosedive. And it was interesting because when I did that run at that time, I really didn't feel that today at all. I, I felt pretty much good all day. Now, my legs are sore and I'm definitely feeling it in my legs. But overall, my mentally, I feel a lot better. And when you do hard things, because honestly with running, it's it's a really big mental battle, more than a physical one, at least for me. Um, for me, like, of course, physically, again, my legs were sore. I don't like I was out of breath. I was running hard. I was panting. But to keep on going, to keep pushing yourself, to keep on running, was something that for me, that for me was mentally like again on the Nike Run app, you can do guided runs, and on the guided run I was doing for the five k. It, the guy's like, we got to the three quarter mark of the 5K, 5k, and the guy's like, the three quarter mark is the hardest part. It's the most hardest part. If they keep on going, you usually get to like a, a sleepy state during a time you kind of just zone out. It's usually when you tend to not go as hard. And I was like, well, you said that. I was thinking, yeah, whatever. I'm going to keep on going. But that was actually the time where I started walking a little bit and kind of slowed down a lot more and kind of got a little more mentally frustrated. And I look back at on the Nike Run, it shows you like your pace for each uh, for each kind of mile and each lap or whatever, how it's set up. And it was interesting for each part of it. The part that I was the slowest on, that I the worst pace on was that three-quarter mark. And that was the time mentally I was the worst because on the last part of the run, that last quarter, I almost matched my starting time. Like I was like a little bit off my starting time for that first quarter. And because that last part, I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to finish strong. I'm not going to let myself walk it out. I'm going to finish strong. So I picked it back up. I ran it out. And I, I was feeling the mental like, oh, I can't do no. I pushed myself to keep going forward. And when I forced myself mentally to keep going forward, I got back pretty much that time I started with to begin with. Even though I was at the end of the race, even though I was more, even though my legs were starting to hurt, even though I was panting a little bit more harder, breathing a little harder, I got back to the pace that I started with. And so sometimes when it comes to doing hard things, what doing hard things does is it pushes you mentally. When you feel like, well, my body, can't, I can't do it no more. No, you can do it some more, but mentally you're blocking yourself. And I feel like a lot, for a lot of us, it can come to memorizing verses, it can come to Bible reading, it can come to any aspect of discipline in our lives that most of the time it's a mental fight. We have to push past how we're feeling mentally. What our mind's telling us. Even though our body feels weak, and we can justify it by, well, I'm tired. We can justify 
how we're feeling or what we're doing. But again, my legs were hurting. I was, I was getting out of breath at the last lap. But when I pushed it down, they said, no, I'm going to keep on going. I got back to the time I wanted to get back to. Back to the time I started with when I was still feeling good, before my legs were tired, before I was out of breath, I got back to that same pace. And sometimes in life, we can go through times where we can feel like we can't keep the pace with whatever it is we're doing, whatever it is we're doing. And oftentimes, it's because we've gotten complacent and comfortable. We feel like we've got some stuff to accomplish. We take a little, a little walk. We could run and start walking. And they're thinking, well, man, man I, I deserve this. I just need a break. But the reality is you just got to push past it mentally and keep going forward and you'll see the improvement. And it takes time. But it's one of the things I, you know, with me, running is a love-hate thing. Part of me loves running. Part of me hates running. But the part I love about running is seeing the growth in running. Seeing me go from, you know, last year, could barely go for 30 minutes, could barely do anything, could barely run a mile, you know, all this stuff to running a, a half marathon. And now I know I can do it. And that helped me mentally this time to push past on that last slide to say, no, I'm going to keep on going because I know I can do this. Even though my body's out of shape, I can push past my body, how my body feels, because mentally I'm going to be stronger than that. And of course, there's different scenarios. Sometimes you got to trust your body, all that stuff. I understand that. But what I'm saying is oftentimes... What's holding us back is our mental mindset, our mental attitude. And it goes across the board from working out, from running to even just creativity. I was listening to a podcast today from someone who's very creative. And he was talking about how for him, when he writes, he has a set time he writes every day. He says sometimes when he sits down to write, when he sits down, it's not there. He's not feeling it. But as he begins to write, he begins to see more and more and more growth. If we just go and do stuff based on how we feel, we're never going to truly reach our potential. We're never going to truly going to see greatness or experience greatness. We're just going to see flashes of it. We're going to see glimpses of potential. We're going to see glimpses of what could happen. If all I ever did was run the first three quarters of the race and then finish the last through half or quarter by walking or just giving up or, and I never finished a 5k running I could never run a half marathon but there comes a point even my body said I could but there comes a point where I have to say no mind no mind I'm shutting it down I'm pushing forward I'm pushing forward I'm not gonna let my mind and what's going through my brain control me I'm gonna go on what I know I need to do know what I'm supposed to do and do the hard thing and push past it. I mean, we've talked about hard things before in this podcast and I don't want to go too much off and the deep end on it. But I want to encourage you today. Maybe you've let something go. Like I did. I quit running. Maybe you want to pick something up, something new up. So you want to do something. You want to challenge yourself to do more. Um, I was in some training for um, my job today. And they're talking about, you know, the, your goal should be to make yourself 1% better every day. And that's something cool to think about. But 1% is a small number. But it's also kind of a big number, too, when you think about it. Because if you're making yourself 1% better... That's going to take some effort. You may not hit all your goals for the day. You may not hit all your goals for the year. You may not hit all those goals. But if you don't try, if you don't do the hard thing and pursue them and do the disciplines that make those goals possible, because the, the goals are easy to make. I want to, you know, be shredded. I want to, you know, get a million dollars. I want to, you know, graduate college. I want to get an A in my class. I want to read the Bible in a year. Making the goals, you know, can be easy. It's easy to say that's what I want to do. Getting there 
is the hard thing. Being disciplined enough to say, I'm going to do something hard. I'm going to push past how I feel. I'm going to push past a mental block. Push past my mind saying, it's not worth it. It's You're tired. You can take a break. It's okay. Justifying how you feel. But if you're going to achieve something, if you're going to be 1% better today, you got to do the hard thing. You got to be disciplined and push past the mental block. Don't let your mind control you. You control your mind. It's a basic Christian discipline. It's not an easy one, but it's a basic one. And so I want to challenge myself to keep on running, to pick it back up, to keep on focusing on my goals, keep on growing myself. And I want to challenge you. If you've dropped something, if you let something down that you know you should have let go of, or maybe you're something you know you need to pick back up, or something new you want to do, you know you need to do, but you know it's going to be hard, I'm challenging you right now. Do the hard thing. Push past what you're thinking. Push past how you feel and go after and achieve your goals today. This has been Caleb's Take. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to look at the show notes. There's stuff for membership. There's stuff for videos. We have a vlog now that we've been doing. Um, it came out when the last podcast dropped. It's on the YouTube page. Go check out our YouTube page. Get in the show notes below. Check it all out. Um, a lot of cool stuff in there. And don't forget to leave to subscribe. Leave a review. And just join this, join this journey, join this group. And again, our goal is to entertain but challenge you. We're gonna have fun. We're gonna be sponsored by PETA and have a good time. But we're also gonna challenge ourselves and you, this generation, Gen Z, to be great, to live up to the potential that you have. And that happens through challenges, through doing hard things. We'll see you next time. This has been Caleb's Take. I'm Caleb, of course. Bye.